0: Hey listeners, Tim here. I just want to let you know this week's episode is a bonus that we actually did live on YouTube. We're giving it to you here so you can listen to it during your drive or wherever you listen to your podcasts. But if you want to see it in all its glory, including the special artwork reveal at the end, we do recommend you follow the link in the show notes to watch the video uh, as it was recorded on YouTube. So enjoy this bonus episode live stream Q&A on YouTube with questions from you our listeners, patrons and questions we got in chat while we were going for the first time ever. Hope you enjoy.
1: He will he will ride. Ride. He will
2: I'm off the hey everybody and welcome to the live broadcast of the dungeon dads what's <laughs> happening what's
3: up hey. what's
2: oh, up man as always i'm your dm tom blaylock you're listening to dungeon dads live and watching. in person watching we're watching. coming to you from <laughs> new york city Los Angeles, California. <laughs> Down here, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Austin, Woo-woo. Texas. I'm joined by John Watson, Tim Carr, and Sam Frank. What's up, fellas?
0: Greetings and salutations, hey, everybody. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> my kids, everyone. My kids' minds are going to be blown because you know we're all YouTubers now yeah <laughs> every
4: every child's dream yes this indeed.
2: is the this is the this is the year to give me a potato and have it be something that is like worth worthwhile <laughs> it means because tubers tubers oh yes, oh, tubers. yes god I damn it excellent we're, start, we're starting that way already excellent dad right there. <laughs> great
4: great intro yeah solid real solid wait,
2: wait you're not you know you you mean it right <laughs> <laughs> who
1: do we cool,
4: have no. here with us today tom uh
2: no i, I did that already sam. yeah oh. sam listen use your ears for hearing uh <laughs> guys uh <laughs> welcome to this experiment uh of having our faces in front of you um we just finished season three mm-hmm. 80 yep. episodes some 165 <laughs> hours. <laughs> Is it, did you do the math? Of your lives of your lives <laughs> lost with us. Um and Spent, we have some really enjoy we have some yeah, it, and we have some really terrific uh questions. Um yeah, Greenstein over here on the YouTube chat says uh that we I promised him 89 episodes. Anthony, this thing, I don't know. I, I have a feeling we're going to blow past 89. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know how I can do what? it without. <laughs> <I
4: don't know. laughs> do you think it's going to take slightly longer than you originally planned, Tom?
2: I mean, I just, I, I should know by now. I should know by now how this <laughs> how goes. How are you to know when,
0: how many episodes it's going to take for this to finish? I mean, that's like an impossible task. I know you can predict how long you think we have to get from A to B to C to D, whatever. But like... Really,
2: yeah, really basic plot points, you know? I mean, in my mind, there's only like two plot points left in the whole campaign. Okay, um, And so that means like 20
3: episodes, <laughs> like, probably, <laughs> the way, the way just, we go. You just never know. You oh know. my
2: god someone says you guys are so much better looking in my head that's sorry why to we're never illusion. gonna do this
3: <laughs> sorry to break the illusion everybody
2: yeah, it's why sorry. we're never so gonna sorry. do this um, because back to we audio just only like, just, like, just turn off our yeah, video. <laughs> just sh- schlumpy <laughs> schlumpy radio faces um <laughs> so so let's let's hit um let's hit the uh some of the questions here that we have prepared yeah is that okay fellas advanced.
0: thanks for everybody for submitting Thank you. So yeah, we early. Appreciate it.
2: yeah
4: question number one tom what are you drinking
2: oh uh <laughs> i am drinking kombucha and uh it's some homemade kombucha with um it's green tea and uh the lavender little, the,
0: the zoom is messing with your <laughs> sorry it's,
2: <not> um, <laughs> it's uh lavender Um, green tea with uh, this kind of weird flower called a blue pea, and it's um, it's a Thai blue flower to make it turn this like beautiful purple color. Nice, it's delicious. And it's and I and um, Spencer uh, Udelson got me to uh, pick up one of these. Oh, what is it called, Spencer? Um, it's a thing to check the uh, the alcohol content, and I'm chilling with. 2.2 2.2
1: 2. oh there you go right here
2: so there I'm go. really <laughs>
3: I'm buzzing
1: hard yeah it's <laughs> so, like Tom that's a little high bro That's a little it's, high it's <laughs> a, <laughs> a
3: little high you making me nervous <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: what right, questions real, what other questions we got questions
0: who wants to kick all it right, off Sam
2: Sam you gonna do it
4: wait you are, I've got the discord ones
2: all right give us a yeah, discord
4: give one.
0: us a discord question we can start with some patron okay. questions we'll, There's, there we'll should be some with, perks right there you
4: go there you go this, this one should prompt a bit of chat. Would you guys ever consider playing a different TTRPG, such as Cyberpunk or Cthulhu, etc., for the podcast, either a campaign or one-shot? Or do you consider Dungeon Dads to be strictly d
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, um, this. I feel like a one-shot could be fun, but we've talked about this a little bit. I don't know if we did it in a bonus. I think part of the hesitation there is that is learning the entire new rule set in a way that would be satisfying for us i mean as you listeners know well we like to know the rules and use them to our advantage when possible uh so i'm definitely not against it i think it would probably be one of those things where you know if we had a another group getaway session and we had time like we could all cram on a plane and learn a new system but i think we also enjoy the campaign we're in so much that it feels like a wrong to take away time from that yeah. at least for yeah. now
4: well and you know i tend to think of the rule sets as more like languages like it's less important what the actual rule set is than that we all speak it right yeah mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's a tool for the storytelling both with us and with the listeners so it, you know it's the really... particular rules like because because we play this as a show and we, because we're really focused on the narrative it's less about enjoying the way a particular set of rules might evoke something than it is about making sure we all have a shared nomenclature and a shared facility with the rules and then can use it in the service of the storytelling. Was that too serious a response for this?
3: (laughs) No. I mean, (laughs) I I think it, I think it's on point. Yeah. I mean,
2: I mean, cause I, I love I mean, so I mean, it's it's interesting because on the Discord, I think we've talked a little little bit about the um, the fun part of hearing us like still talk about the rules that are confusing to us or like weird situational things that are kind of fun because everyone does that at their tables, right? When they're playing with each other, Um, I think it gets a little less fun for listeners if we ourselves do not like. Like, do not know how to do the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I, I kind of feel like, um, I don't know, there's a level of expertise that we have here that is, um, deep enough that the what is it called? The meta narrative of us, like, <laughs> of the four human beings talking these things Playing out is kind game. of interesting, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, whereas like, you know, it might not be
4: like a one shot or something where we're not a story focused where we can work through some of the rules you know like hey this isn't would be an interesting thing for people who are into shadow run or whatever yeah
3: you know. yeah well and that's Compared that's what i was going to say like like that yeah yeah we, we we work hard to make sure that we know these rules so well that it would be really funny probably to have a one shot of you know the dungeon dad stumbled through cthulhu or you know something <laughs> yeah, like that you know right. where we where we try to make a story by not knowing the rules when <laughs> Uh, no.
4: Sorry, John. You've succumbed <laughs> to space madness. <laughs> <laughs> right. What? Wait, what now? What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I Gravina that anyway. brings
2: up the you know, he uh Gravina's bringing up the stuff about the Pathfinder rule set. It is so it is so where D D was heading from two to three to three point five, and then a little bit of four was a little bit more streamlined. Um, but it's true, like. Like, I, as you know, I've been playing, you know, the Pathfinder games on a uh, computer and on the PlayStation, like, little by little over the last, like, five years. And I understand the mechanics of Pathfinder now. It's just, like, I don't understand doing it at a table. Like, I, I just, it, w- it just doesn't make any sense. There's so many different, like, you know. The touch attack versus a regular attack versus, uh you know, that, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's too much to be, f- to seem fun. I, I want the rules for people who don't love D&D to kind of like fade to the background a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right. I mean, yeah, I would consider it.
1: <laughs>
4: I would consider it over
3: but- here. Somebody says a second Patreon for Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: I mean, listen, like the, with, it, with us playing, the world is getting destroyed like every episode, right? <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. And yet again, we have failed to stop the rise of the Ancient One. Apocalypse ensues. <laughs> Roll up new characters. Isn't that like a foregone
0: conclusion in Call of Cthulhu? Like you're not going to win the game. <laughs> just see who lasts the longest if i'm not mistaken
3: right which or, or which is the one that goes insane rather than all the ones that die right
4: <laughs> right <laughs> clearly we know
0: a lot about it it's bleak yeah <laughs>
4: yeah um here's another good one do the two campaigns exist in the same period of time if so will there ever be a crossover episode of every War must end and mountain city Mayhem?
0: Uh, oh this I, is very much a tom sam chat yeah
2: I, I, we have talked a little bit about how much um, overlap there is. And I think we've said this in one of the bonus episodes of just in terms of world building, uh, whoever gets there first is in charge of it. Right. So um, you'll remember that Hellspeth came to the mountain city at some point. Um, it made me realize that like I had to get, I had to get some some things set in stone about Helspeth because she plays Otherwise, a central I was role. Claim them. <laughs> yeah, she plays yeah. a central <laughs> role in the narrative of uh, *Everywhere Must End*. Um, I well, think,
4: and, and that was also a thing we discussed about the uh, the Holdershek dwarves showing up.
2: Yes, right? that's right.
4: Because anytime there's sort of a touch point of where this event happened in both campaigns or at a defined point in time. We've got to do a little sorting of uh, okay. So is that gonna yeah, that's gonna work. Okay.
2: Yeah. Holder shecks um, are off the red cloud mountain, like for yeah. instance, right now in our in our adventure. And if they are there, then it means that we have skipped time and we're beyond the events of Mountain City Mayhem. So I wouldn't do that to Sam because I don't want to make it, any of that stuff seem inevitable. But-
4: the more mm-hmm. of those, well, and that's, so that's the thing about having the characters, right? I think having those touch points can be fun and, um, how's I going to say this? Like it, the more you have, the more complicated it gets. Yeah. But when you do the actual characters crossing over, then you're like, oh, well, at some point then the other campaign has to arrive at this point. Right. And then you get into this railroading territory that is really hard to avoid. Yeah. Yeah. So.
2: Um, that said, uh, I, I mean, Ionis is definitely gonna go back to Monterrey.
3: I was about to say, um, I still gotta retake, you know, I still gotta retake the city.
2: And, uh, you know, I flag. think <laughs> I see, I think Rapina's <laughs> saying he wants James hmm. to uh, go and fight Milo. <laughs> I think that can be arranged. <laughs> That's, that's not. A, that's not sure. even. Let's it's, not That's not even a we have, fight.
0: We have non-patron listeners out here too, so let's you know on the on the chance that we get them to subscribe Mountain to the City Patreon the or we eventually release Mountain City Mayhem to the public, let's avoid let's avoid any spoilers for that campaign. I think it's safe to assume everybody's caught up on um, every war must
2: end.
4: Yeah, spoilers for every war must end up to episode eighty. Right? Yeah. In this. In yeah.
2: This well, I mean, how about this for a spoiler? Um. James, I can't
4: wait to see what this is going to. I think James is,
2: I mean, is, I mean, of the pantheon of voices that I have that I can pull out at any moment. I feel like James is the uh, the top. Yeah, is like the tip top. Uh, So,
1: (laughs)
0: listen, that that question doesn't spoil anything. I just want to make
3: sure we don't, you know, step into any territory we shouldn't for people that won't. the The only spoiler, the only spoiler I'll give is James should never meet Milo because it wouldn't be a fight. Milo would just destroy him.
4: Uh, <laughs> I, that's just that's oh, something right john come thrown. on like i mean he's taunting he's taunting his dm yeah. i've seen absolute you. destruction john I,
3: I don't
2: need to remind you that i have seen your character sheet <laughs> and well, it's not as impressive this? as you make it see <laughs>
4: uh, to date what's the biggest wtf moment for your character that tom has thrown at you? Oh. Or Tom, you could say for Mountain City Mayhem, if you can a- avoid spoilers. I mean, um, I mean, mine's pretty easy. It's getting disintegrated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty big WTF moment, for sure. Um, I mean, Phil Nears, I think, was, was it episode 19? The Heinrich, like the revelation? Um, that yeah. was 17. Or 17? Yeah. 17, yeah. 17. Well, yeah, that was rough.
2: Which part of that... Because there was a lot of there was a lot of revelation in that episode. There
0: was. I mean, I think there were a lot of hints ahead of time of things that, you know, there's foreshadowing is the right word for it, not necessarily hints, but um you know, the revelation that it could have been different than Filnier had yeah. seen it, uh I think yeah. sort of changed the way that he had to behave in the world a bit. Um, you know, and It's one of those things I like to think that I, you know, made a conscious effort to sort of drop his voice. But I think it was just me being too tired of speaking up here. And I was like, it's (laughs) just that's (laughs) true, you know, but like that's around where it happened. So, you know, I'm just going to say it was part of his emotional journey was just like, you know,
4: his balls dropped.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think I know what John's going to say for Ionis, too, but I'm curious if I'm right.
3: Well, we'll uh yeah, we'll see. I I the the weird thing about ionis is I feel like the entire campaign has been a giant WTF. Like even the episode 0, <laughs> you know, episode 0, all this stuff is just happening to him at all the time. I'm like, my character doesn't pay attention to shit. <laughs> but uh, I will
4: say along those, those same lines and you guys who knows maybe you'll get to see some of this now that we have video here. John also has the best WTF reactions in person.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes.
4: Yes. (laughs) He's very, like whenever something crazy happens, you can always look over at John's screen to see.
3: Yeah. I'm (laughs) I'm doing some kind of, or or giving all kinds of crazy faces and every now and then it comes out of my voice, but I'm so used to using my face that sometimes it doesn't quite come out. But yeah, (laughs) I think, um, I think the, um, the toughest one for me was was episode 35 when percy was uh talking mm. about all these uh, all these things that i used to do that and then realizing that my mind's been messed with and i've been made to forget things and uh then had the you know conversation with uh my mother and all that kind of stuff like that was that one all the other moments have been kind of these things that i can uh that i can kind of roll with i'm like whoa and then i'd make my character oh my god what are you talking about but uh but that one was just that one just hits so hard that I was just kind of like, Oh, that's exactly. I, I what didn't,
2: I, I didn't prep it. any <laughs> of that either. I, I didn't prep any of that. That was like, I didn't have any, that was just
3: like an offhanded comment that, that uh,
2: the best. it was Tim, Tim just asked that, yeah. right. I was yeah.
3: just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we just, yeah, we just, we were just vibing. We were turned, turned it that's into this big scene. It was pretty great. It's pretty felt, great. That's felt very special. That was a good one. <laughs> um,
4: Along those same lines, how has playing your character affected your person? in real life and vice versa how has your real life affected your role playing for your characters who,
2: who, who's that who's asked that by the way
4: harry krishna
2: mm. oh that's spencer <laughs> um
4: <laughs> so I, i'm just gonna frame this a little bit with uh because this is like something my wife and i used to talk about Of, it's sort of annoying when people are like you know when i get drunk you see the real me you know because, oh, it's like, but like the part of you that considers the thoughts that just came into your head and decides which ones to say and which ones not to, that's also part of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you <Yeah>. are <laughs> not every thought that jumps into your head. You are also the executive function that decides what would be right. nice or appropriate or funny to say, yes. you know? Um, and so I think this, I was, this question sort of reminded me of that because I don't know that any of these characters, it's not like, oh, that's that's revealed something about me that I didn't know was there. But they allow you to express different parts of yourself that are sometimes, you know, just a piece of your personality or like, um, you know, or, or a part that you keep in check more often. I mean, like playing Shnobik, I'll say, like allows me to be a little bitch, like a lot more <laughs> than I get to in real life, which is fine, you know? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I would I would agree. I, I think um, I think the only th- there's there's been no change to my actual character, but but it, it I have been surprised at how easy it is to be so snooty, um, <laughs> <laughs> because I I you know I work really I work really hard at trying to you know be a uh, the kind of person that is very much about what the group wants and what the group needs, and you know trying to um, make sure that everyone can kind of come to a general Consensus about things, but to explore the selfish side or uh, explore the uh, parts of me that don't like being outside or camping or you know things like that. Don't like being dirty. I mean that all, and then and then it's just so easy to do when I when I put the voice on. Uh, that it's 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 just fun to fall into something else, uh, and it's surprising how quickly that happens. Um, I think the parts of me that come out in. Ionis are those things where he's, he's changed. He's not as focused on being snooty. And so those times where he's like, all right, well, everyone, let's just talk about it and let's figure out what we're going to do next. And I've got to, I've got to stand tall for the community. Like those are, <laughs> those are more, those are more I, me than anything else. I'm not do sure you, if
4: anyone asked this straight out. Oh, sorry. You go first.
2: Oh, no, I was going to say, do you, I mean, do you find, uh, and this is, I mean, uh, Tim hasn't answered this question yet, but I want, I want him to as well. But um do you find that you, you can be uh more your like normal self because you get to play around with these different personalities uh you know like in other words like i mean i don't know like if uh i mean darbin is really nice for me because i am such not a like let's just kill them all and uh <laughs> like ask questions later kind of person yeah like but i do have those moments when i'm in meetings and i'm like oh my god like i can imagine like you know this ending in some kind of like horrible catastrophe like like my (laughs) my, my imaginary world like takes over and i do find that like when i'm doing this stuff with you guys the imaginary world has a place yeah you know it's got a t- place in time and it's 8:30 p.m. on a sunday night yep and and like i i do find that i'm more i think i'm more present um mm-hmm. in uh, a lot of a lot of my life this that's not really about like the character itself running into my daily life but it does change my daily life yeah it
3: it gives you
0: an outlet right i mean i'm not a yeah. violence yep. forward person um yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think you know, Filnir is also not, but clearly not shy about getting there if he wants to, right? And then obviously Tarbuck is just like, let's go fight, let's just go crack some necks. For yeah. you know, for those of you that haven't heard Mount City Mayhem, he's a battle master fighter, and you know, is a dwarf that runs around with a giant sword or great sword, and you know, literally just hacks at things nonstop.
4: Here is, I think the common thread that runs through both of those characters that is very much a part of Tim's personality is like, at a base level, practical, right? (laughs) Like, this is the person who's going to, without emotion, do what is necessary to get the job done.
2: That's true. Uh,
4: And that, that is, Tim is the, uh, Tim is the master of all practical considerations, (laughs) I think, when it comes to this show. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, not to take all the credit, but the live stream that we're looking at was all just going like, all right, we got to do this. I'll figure it out. Like, yeah, I'll put together some graphics and figure out how OBS works and amidst all of the other stuff and oh, well we're here so and, hopefully it's still working And much like
4: there <laughs> it was like a, well if that's what has to be done then that's what we'll do right know? right <laughs> <Yeah. Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we said we're gonna do it
0: uh yeah we'll make it happen you know. um we're dads so we gotta you know you make some promises yeah, yeah.
4: so uh, yeah. i've got a question here and then it it has also i have a an add-on to it so okay the question is if you each got to pick a new pc for each other to play in a campaign what would you pick and for whom? Mm. Uh, but
2: who asked I, that question?
4: I, that was from Angus Mason5 right. on Discord. Um, but I'm going to throw, I'm going to start off with an easier question. If you could reassign one existing character in our game to someone else or to yourself, I should say, which mm. other character in, on, of Dungeon Dads would you want to play?
5: Ah.
3: Hmm. that's so hard is so that's hard. a hard question that's a very hard yeah. question
2: because there's an implication there there's an implication there either that um like you'd be able to play it better or <laughs> or alternatively that like um you'd 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 have more fun than the person the character that you made right I, I mean i don't think
1: that I has to
0: be the implication because this yeah. is this is who else would you play if you you didn't have it your could character be a class right? thing
4: like, but mainly it's a props thing to the other person for, right like yeah creating okay. a character that would be fun to play
0: yeah yeah i mean listen yeah. we've done some character covering in our game our casual game right we'll have somebody who can't show up so somebody like i've played sam's wizard uh you know when we're in a dungeon we've got You know, seven people, seven players in that game. So it's a bigger group, and sometimes somebody can't make it, and we don't want to cancel on everybody. So we just keep going and hand off a a character. And so we play two. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think having played the wizard there, I feel like Abel would probably be the one that I would go to if I was picking somebody else's. Um, I don't know if I have the same instincts to play like Darbin um, or, you know, Tom's characters the way they're sort of like, you know, think later, (laughs) act first um you know get just talk your way into trouble and then talk your way out of it kind of thing like that's not the way i play so i think some of that comes into you know into consideration as well
3: yeah i i would i would hand off my wizard to sam sam is a a wizard wizard he is a wizard wizard <laughs> yeah uh, yeah sam is sam is pretty excellent at playing wizards and uh, i've been i've been very yeah. impressed with it so um <laughs> i would just i would just easily just be like here you go you can take my wizard but uh as far as playing uh, as far as playing somebody um i i mean i had i had said a long time ago that i would have played Snobick as a as a fighter wizard and that's yeah. what sam decided to do yeah john um, john, but...
0: john was a little hot when that came down
3: <laughs> yeah that <laughs> yeah. got taken that was... from me so i still, got taken from me
4: i also still laugh at the at john's able impression yeah. yeah. What are you doing down on the floor? I was on the floor one time. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that was the other thing that I was going to say. As far as characters go, I think Abel is is the most unique character. He's one of the most unique characters I've heard in D anD D and an old crotchety. Because you know, if, if you're if you're playing a character in a D anD D campaign, you you always want to play a badass, strong, super young person. And to to play a an old man that that might not be so great in Constitution and who used to be awesome, but is now like not as good as he used to be. But, will you know, we'll remember I'll remember it. Just give yeah. me a minute. Yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, that I, I, I thought that was I thought that was super unique. So, well,
2: and the concept that he was once a 20th level cleric. Like that was yeah. the concept is that he is like yeah. literally forgotten more than you'll ever know about <laughs> <Yeah>. fighting <laughs> and and like divine spells and, you know, that
3: sort of thing. Um but He, really he kind he kind of <sighs> He reminds he reminds me of that guy uh, on the uh, Keen Peel, the one who uh Decker, the the At Mm, no. <laughs> no no definitely not that one. Oh, <laughs> no the guy the guy who had retired and then he was like decker we need a recommendation he's like all right you can I'll, i'm coming back he's like no not you decker <laughs> no no i'm coming back Get into it i'm just as fast as i ever was <laughs> we just
4: want a recommendation decker um i think i would take i would take milo I just okay. think that's, that's fun for those of you who aren't listening to Mountain City Mayhem. Um, bard, Halfling, always trying to find the back line, even if there isn't yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh,
4: talks a big game, you know, uh, and then has runs. friends to back it up. And, and then, then runs for cover. Fun, Help yeah, me! It's yeah. a fun dynamic to play. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, I mean, just. Just because I I think now, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings here, but I think I did think more because Tim got Philni to me before anybody else had their characters to 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 me. And so, I mean, I think season three is showing this. I think season four is gonna really show this that like some of the big arcs of the campaign are so tightly wound around Philniir and this whole idea of like i just couldn't figure out what a hexblade warlock really was like i was like this doesn't make sense like you know like not just like the 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 player's handbook concept or the xanathar's guide concept of the of the hexblade but also like you know you go through and you're like wait he like kills someone and he gets this spirit like he gets yeah. a ghost to follow him around and stuff and so it was so important to me that i like figured out how all of that shit could make sense together and so much of the campaign was built around, unfortunately, like the stuff that I planned was built around the idea of Philnier's character. And so I think I've done more thinking about Filnir and how to...
4: I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining. I like to hang out on the side and make salad puns. So,
2: Well, <laughs> well, but then Abel, like, you know, that was, you know, Abel's big secret um, mm-hmm. was going to be a way for me to just keep giving.
4: Well, for... and then Ionis ends up driving most of the plot.
2: You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, I think I think it was really well balanced. And I I read complaints a lot, of the, you know, when you see Reddit or stuff, people are like, well, the warlock doesn't have much flavor because DMs. Never take the whole patron issue seriously, and I was like, "Oh, get a better DM." Then <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true. <laughs> true. I feel like, yeah, but the, but but there is an a, an element of the mechanics of that class also dictate story points. Like you have to incorporate that into the narrative. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, in a way that you don't necessarily have to with other character classes.
0: Tom, do you know yeah. uh, Liquid R in um, in the chat? Do you know Elric of Melne- Melnibone? He uh no. Liquid Art is pointing that out as the prototypical hexblade warlock. I'm not sure I'm familiar with that reference. I don't I don't uh, know what that reference is. Yeah, I- as
4: a sword that drinks people's souls. It's 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 good stuff. I recommend it. Nice. <laughs> okay,
0: nice. And meanwhile, <laughs> is, Tom is says it a yes to butter
1: yeah, but absolutely. This is what happens. How is it even a question?
3: That's it. <laughs> yeah, but why was that's John not asked? Is the question that's a, that shot, I have. At, that's a shot at me? It's okay. a shot at me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you must know Cameron McCrary <laughs> over there. Or... That 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 guy that guy plays on my on my uh, he's in my group that I was playing with last night. Ah. Okay. <laughs> and I uh, somebody was trying to do a uh, a sleight of hand check, and it was like a DC ten, and it rolled like like a nine. And I was like, all right, I mean, I'll give it to you. You get it, but you steal. He wanted to steal some, I don't know why, but he wanted to steal some butter, stole it, but it kind of slipped out of the pack and went all in his pocket and like went down his pants. And, <laughs>
4: I mean look that sounds what, what, like some of the best parties I've been to.
3: Yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: I'm I'm sorry. I I think I was answering the wrong question then. Uh that kind of butter pants is fine. The other kind of butter pants is what I thought you were talking about, and it's <laughs> hell yes. Right. It's an absolutely <laughs>
4: do we have some questions we want to entertain from other uh from other sources
2: so so anthony greenstein on facebook and he's also here what's up Ant? um uh, he asked this is a weird one and i don't know if it's for our characters or for us human beings how many cards would you pull from the deck of many things
4: I mean depends on how bad that first one was, right? I think don't <laughs> no, have you, own, you have to announce.
0: De- you have to decide before you pull any.
4: You, <laughs> you have
0: literally to have to, that's part of the way it works. Yeah. You have to decide how many cards you're going to pull, and you have to pull all of them one at a time yeah. and resolve each effect in order.
2: I can answer this for me. I am Tom I, Tom Blalock. I can zero. answer for
4: Tom Blaylock. Oh, really? <laughs> zero.
2: Tom Blalock pulls zero. I, mean, I like some, my oh, life boy. a lot. There's some terrible no, no, shit no,
4: no. that comes yeah, out yeah.
0: of that deck.
2: Yeah, for yeah, you yeah. as Great an actual
4: too. real life person.
2: Is a real life person zero cards? I was going to
4: answer for any character you have. Oh, the answer is how many cards am I allowed to pull? And <laughs> That's, I pull that right. Man-
2: That's right. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's a it like look. It, it's a good way to die in D D. Yeah. Sure. Like it's a very good way to die, or your soul—it's a good gets, way to make
0: everybody die. Yeah, or your soul just gets separated from your body and is like millions of miles away on another plane, and you never actually die until somebody restores your soul to your body. Which you know, if nobody cared, would never happen.
2: Yeah, it sounds yeah. awful. Oh, I'm it's a, good a, way a, a good way to ruin uh, a
0: good way to really mess with a podcast too. Just to like yeah. get that in there. Yeah. And just like, let's see what can go wrong, and then how to <laughs> wrap your heads around this. You I
2: know. like I I don't. I'll just I'm gonna I'm just gonna say it straight up. I like chance, but every time I've done one of those roll on the magic table or do that kind of stuff, I haven't loved the results. Just full disclosure.
0: Wait, wait, wait! I can think <laughs> of. A full City, disclosure, I can think of a Mountain City Mayhem roll. Mountain that... City
2: Mayhem, yeah. absolutely right, absolutely. Right. Um, uh, but in our in our campaign, like I was like, I'm hoping you guys get some like some fat loot. And, you know, it's it was kind of a whimper. It was a little bit of a whimper, this last roll. Um, yeah.
3: well, we'll, <laughs> well, we'll uh, see. What, we'll see what people say. There was a
0: weird decision-making tree in that last one, too. <laughs> there was. You can have three rolls on the mediocre table.
2: I know. Or two rolls on the to, pretty good table, I try to gamify one everything. one roll on the
0: really awesome table that also has some stuff that may not apply to your character.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am seeing a lot of questions about the Goblin Market, various forms yeah, of it. People um, uh, like Adam is asking, "What's the funniest moment for all of you, and why was it the Goblin Market in season one?"
4: Wait a second. Now, Adam, been, I feel like we've been pretty upfront about this on the Discord, but we haven't necessarily said it to the wider listening public about the status of the Goblin Market.
2: Do you want to say anything about it?
4: Well, do you want to say? If I had like a
0: soundboard or like a thing, this would be like, do we put in like a special buzzer?
2: <laughs> is this is <laughs> this know. the time? Can I can I say?
4: Y- I You're the should. DM, buddy. I go think ahead. We should reward yeah. people for showing up to our first live. stream. Well, yeah,
3: agreed.
2: So I do have a lot prepped, and I believe, I believe, campaign two is the Goblin Market, and all the three guys are going to be playing goblins who are on uh various missions and i do have i i joked about this on the on the discord um about having a a slide deck going over the organizational chart and I mean, history of the it goblin like it market was a
4: joke but it was true you do have it that. was true
2: like i i literally do have a like, I, right. I, I, I do have a slide deck.
4: <laughs> now, I wasn't clear that we all had to play goblins. I thought we could be hired mercenaries in the service of the goblin market.
2: So, Sam, that I mean, okay. we don't have to get too deep into this tonight, but the goblin market and a goblin is a person who works for the goblin market, not necessarily right. a, racial a racial goblin.
4: Gotcha.
2: Now, having said that, a human are, who
4: works for the goblin market is, by is also a goblin. A goblin. And in
2: this world, there may not even be a race that is a goblin
4: Mm
2: -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. in the world that I'm working on.
4: I think there's some really interesting ideas for campaign two. We are already thinking of campaign two. I also really appreciate it, though, just from like a Tom's ultimate revenge standpoint of like, (laughs) oh, you guys want to skip the goblin market? Guess what? Next campaign, one hundred percent goblin, <laughs> all market. goblin market, <laughs> the,
3: the entire all thing, goblin market. <laughs> you cannot leave. <laughs> Forced into the goblin markets. Awesome. Hey, <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, I just like playing with all of you guys. So I'm yeah, for me whatever. too. Whatever it is, that's right. That's right.
4: Gobble gobble.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm just. I mean look I I'm I'm down to like even what like uh you know a a group of 5 goblins together you know that's um oh my god I just blanked on the word the stall is uh-huh. the is the is is basically like a platoon a stall is um uh and then a course uh is like a very small group of them and you guys will be in a course and uh <laughs> i'm 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 very excited about it i have a lot of big plans for the <laughs> goblin market
4: um episode 90 <laughs> episode 92. <laughs> i mean listen if, you, if
0: you're promising 89 is the end you certainly got to think about what comes next sooner but we're not going to
3: mm-hmm. we're not going to be no, done no, done 89 80. we got a little bit of time
2: i i do think i don't want to make anyone upset here but i do think season 4 is the last season for evermore must end i i i think that is that is that is the truth. The uh, so we're we are we are moving toward it here. Um and I think at full disclosure we have recorded an episode of season 4, two, haven't we? And two. Yeah, That's two right. of them. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. We've recorded the first two episodes of season 4 and I got to tell you I think they're both bangers and it reminds me of some of the faster moving like excellent moments in season 1 and 2 and and 3. So I I think I think the pace is just right for for. What's your new shot, Tom? Call it. <laughs> I think it's like ninety seven or ninety eight. I fooled. I, I just if I'm just honest with myself, don't put him on the spot, Tim. On, I mean, I really,
1: we got to. We're on a live
2: stream.
0: Do? This is what we do. Yeah. If Such you're me. not going to do it now,
2: in front of everybody,
0: Such with his face on camera.
3: <laughs> so I have I have a question. That's gonna pull us away from the show a little bit, but tell everybody a little bit more about us as ooh, people.
0: Ooh, okay.
3: All right, all right. It's movie night. Do you binge watch a Arnie movies, which I'm assuming is Arnold Schwarzenegger? B Arnie. westerns. C early Jackie Chan movies or D Hallmark Channel rom coms? Sam, go. Uh, it's
4: it's tough. I mean listen if you're talking about just your average relaxing night don't want to think too hard just want to enjoy yourself and you're going to watch more than one in a row you can't it's hard to beat arnold like i can recite all of commando from memory i can recite (laughs) most of, of predator like that 80s run is just the running man total recall
0: Yeah, I can't remember more than like a dozen. Not even the
4: Terminator movies. Yeah, (laughs) Conan, I could do that. Conan, that movie holds the fuck up. It's incredible. Yeah, come if you're just gonna sit down and enjoy like the splendor of '80s ridiculousness, action, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and like be like, oh, I get what this guy was about. Commando's the one, man. You watch, watch Commando. It's incredible.
2: (laughs) Tom, go. I mean, I think I'm going to surprise people. Um, I it, it really again. Oh, Mark. Context is everything. <laughs> if I'm with, if I'm with my wife, and I'm you know, if I'm if I'm alone, if I'm alone for the weekend, okay, I'm alone for the weekend. So no wife. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to answer that one. I'm I'm like, you know, like I, I pants are never even a part of the question, the the equation for this weekend when I'm going to binge, right? Like I'm just like okay. walking around. Okay. I'm definitely binging completely inappropriate westerns from the 60s. Like <laughs> for sure. Now, that's not because these are my favorite movies. I do like rom-coms better than almost any other kind of movie. Like But I, they're okay. the
4: movies you can't watch when anyone. I else can't is watch when I'm alone.
2: I can't watch when I'm alone. Right? Like like oh god, what's the John Wayne the the the, the, the searchers? searchers. The searchers. I did I talked to you about this already
4: no i just i knew exactly what you were gonna say I, the
2: searchers has one of my favorite scenes of all time and it's like my nyu students if they're watching this i just i want to apologize to you for <laughs> this being like one of my favorite scenes it is after someone has don't, um don't
4: spoil the searchers now because i'm
2: just saying. i mean I, i'm not, I mean, like they're don't watch it like if you're a good person don't watch this movie i i mean i can't tell you like i like it's not a good movie for you it's not good for your soul it's not good for anything um but like one of the guys has like unwittingly married uh the chief's daughter of this tribe that is like there and it and it's like it is a cr- tremendous scene by the campfire when he realizes what has happened—that he has just been married. It's funny, but it's also like it's awful. But like, I can't watch that with my girls, and I—I I would definitely. I, that's how I would spend my weekend: sixties hmm. <laughs> westerns.
0: All right, Big Tim. Uh, I mean, it'd probably be Arnie movies. Not gonna lie, um, just because. There's so much variety in them. I mean, I've mm-hmm. seen Kindergarten Cop way too many times. I know those aren't, you know, <laughs> early Arnie movies, but just, you know, there's there's just so much nostalgia there. I didn't watch a whole lot of early Jackie Chan growing up. You know, I'd walk oh, in, my dad would be watching Westerns, and they'd be like, yeah, okay, bye. Uh, <laughs> and Hallmark Channel movies, just not my thing.
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: I hear you. Sub-zero, now plain zero. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what about you john yeah I, I i'm no different i i it was a close uh tie between arnold and jackie chan uh because i loved watching uh, kung fu movies growing up as well but uh but when i was when i was you know pre to the teenager i i was all about arnold schwarzenegger i mean i think yeah, mean,
0: the, the era we grew yeah, up yeah ter-
3: terminator predator total recall running man i was yeah. watching one of those almost mm-hmm. every weekend like if it was just because they were always on and they were always awesome and uh so yeah I, I, they were arnold schwarzenegger was the man i mean i don't know i don't know what to say but yes anthony i think, uh, yeah. I think batman and robin does count as an arnold movie it, it does it does count i'd even watch that if it was Those, on in the background the Puns are, yep. absolutely terrible but you know <laughs> which makes uh... it all the more fun even even True Lies. True Lies was amazing. That, that movie's good.
4: Listen, I, I saw Batman and Robin in the theater on a large handful of mushrooms, and I thought it was the greatest movie I'd ever seen. <laughs> <anybody>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, these colors are incredible. <laughs> I was Very feeling all Very of the emotions, you know, like Arnold at one point cries and the tear like freezes and then blows away <laughs> like a blizzard off the of cheek. And I was like, man, I'm feeling that right now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and then I went and I got an ice cream cone and I walked around the circle of the mall with all the old people for like three hours.
2: Oh my God. Oh I my
4: God. I just thought about what I'd been through, you know?
0: <laughs> all right. Can I move us along?
2: Yeah, you can yeah, move us along. Okay. please. All right. Although, wait, before you move along, oh, okay, no, I
0: can't. I Great. I
2: did see True Lies on uh, a uh, on laser disc. It was like <laughs> four four separate laser discs that you had to change out as you went. Um,
3: yeah, go? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope I hope everybody knows what laser disc is. There are a few but few people watching gigantic, that are a little younger Double sided, they're like LPs made of Just, DVD, yeah. like vinyl. Yeah. That's of the thing, DVD. though. They're huge. That's the thing, though. You had to be. You have if you're like six years younger than us, you don't even know what we're talking about, no, right? Because those things yeah. were in and out. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay, good. Because my
4: horse is getting tired. And. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, and the and the original ones, the Sony ones, that were like, it was like a two thousand uh, dollar thing. One of my one of my neighbors, a Marine officer, like bought one, and and he could. There was no discs for it. You couldn't get them anywhere. Like when he bought it. But it came with a, like, here's what the laser disc will one day be able to do. And it was like, uh, it was like Tron, a but like a disc. little better. It was like a little <laughs> better than Tron, you know, like a little <laughs> bit, like the graphics are a little bit better. And I didn't know it at the time, but like, here are all these Marines and I'm like eight, nine years old. My mom comes over, they're all smoking weed. I didn't, I didn't know what it was. And they're like sitting there and they're transfixed. And I'm just like, this is kind of stupid. And then it goes black and it says insert disc too. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Like this is, <laughs> this technology is not going to work. <laughs> it was so terrible. The picture quality is
0: better, which is why it needed more discs. They didn't compress yeah. it as No, much. I mean, that's I yeah, get it. Yeah. I the get picture's it. quality was real um, strong. Yeah. But yeah. Um, for standard definition. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, all right. I'm going to move us along now if that's all right. Uh, okay. Yep. So Benjamin Awe in Facebook it might be a short last name. I don't know. That might be the real last name. Uh, this is for Tom and Sam specifically. How do you decide on the level for NPCs or your big bad evil villains that create that you create character sheets for? And do you ever adjust the level to keep pace with the players?
4: People so, who want you to decide on a level, never decide on a level.
2: Never decide on a level.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you're rolling up a character though, don't you have to know that for the number of spell slots they should have? Like I mean, I, I know you can obviously plus or minus it. You can you can fudge it a little bit as you go, turn the dial, I mean, so to speak. I
4: I definitely use CR as like challenge rating is like a rough approximation, but CR is designed for four, a party of four and we deal with party of threes parties of three and who will just wipe the floor with, with anything of appropriate CR. Yeah. So it's, it's really, you have to like almost double like the total CR of the encounter, Part of that is just because, you know, Tom accepted, we're playing sort of optimized characters, uh, <laughs> work well together, <laughs> and have some synergies and things, um, and, you know, who have, all, have some crazy magic items and things like that. But the other thing is, we tend to, because of, you know, sort of story considerations, we run short adventuring days. Like, it's yeah. very rare that you're going to have, you know, four combat encounters without a right. long rest, uh, mm-hmm. which those things are designed around, which also, you know, makes casters a l- at a little bit of an advantage, I think, on our shows. But, um, you know, we're tending, it's more fun to sort of go all out every fight. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. means you yeah. kind of have to like crank up the difficulty level on those guys.
1: Yeah. Also,
4: yeah. generally speaking, i will raise the damage and lower the hit points
0: yeah (laughs) aim for the glass Um, cannon paradigm yeah yeah Yeah.
4: because because a two-hour fight where you guys are chipping away at each other's health is not as exciting as you know oh that guy just took a giant chunk out of your hp right okay we've got to kill him next round
1: Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: I guess so. The question, the question for this, a little bit, just to, to jump in, is like, would you do the same if the campaign was not a podcast?
2: No, no, no. I so I wouldn't, um, but but so for me, I'm a little different from Sam, I think. Uh, and part of that is that I think Sam started DMing, and we talked like we all talk about this stuff to see like what works and what doesn't work. And like, I think it, John was doing this when he first started DMing, also, is like we were rolling up. Characters, we were like figuring out what was in rooms that like no one went into. Like, we like, mm-hmm. you know, it was like a chest, it was like chest <laughs> D1. And it's like, sorry, you don't get chest D1 because you didn't go and find this like secret room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I was like, oh my God, that's so much prep. And also, I mean, you know, the, the like, if I want, if I want, if I want John's character to find a sword, like, like I want him to find it and I'll reward him by giving it to him sooner rather than later or you know something like that but like when they find a chest like there's a good chance that they're going to find that particular sword in there and the same thing is true with these characters so um I definitely um I so I definitely have characters that I rolled up that we're still meeting so Havis Corvair is a an 18th level character um and I have had him rolled up since the end of season one mm. uh, wow. Jesus wow. of water deep, like some v- similar version of him uh, as, as early as like, when was the battle of the briar 21, 21. So like I had like b- before the battle of the briar, I had him just in case uh, like he was called in, bezelith, right? Like, I, like I knew that was a possibility.
4: Well, here's another thing, too. And I think Greenstein brought it up in the chat, which is talking about the action economy. Right. And that because it's entirely audio is not really conducive to having like 12 enemies in a combat, Right. Matter, right. Right. So you end up having fewer, more powerful guys. But then it is really easy to get hosed by the action economy no matter what the you know if you have one guy no matter what the cr is when you've got three players who each get to take a turn a lot can happen
3: right yeah yeah and and that's what i was going to say as even as players like the the mentality is completely different theater of the mind you know if 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 you're if if we're sitting here and looking at a map that i've thrown down and you guys have this whole map that you can look and and discover you know, like you can each have your own mindset on where what what place you're going to go whereas theater of the mind all the only map we have is what either sam or tom has described and yeah. you know it, unless we ask the right questions we don't know that anything else exists you know yeah. is there a door in the back yes there's a door in the back oh now there's a door in the back okay you know the map just kind right. of recreates at that point so yeah. um, it's 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 also easier as players to just kind of focus on what's in front of us and yeah. You know, hook arm in arm and then just trudge forward with, you know, what's in, what's in front of us rather than um, thinking about exploring as much. It happens in Theater of the Mind, but it's, it, with, when there's a map in front of you, it's like, I'm definitely going to check all this stuff out. I,
2: th- the one thing I will say, and, and this is like building NPC characters, um, is that I often just start by like dragging over the spells and abilities that I want them to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And then figuring out like what level of hit dice they have to be in order to get the spells and use them and things like that. So I actually I usually start off with like, here's going to be a really interesting encounter and making sure that a character is responsible for like his his or her part of that encounter. And that might mean making one character that is, um, you know, high level. Um really specifically thinking back to the battle in the dam, um uh, where you have got the sort of main caster with four novitiates. Um, they were all different, they all had different spells, and uh and then I got really screwed up because I wanted to stick to it, like what I when I created with those guys. <laughs> um, but like once uh, I th- I think I think it was able, like just targeted one and I just chose them at random. And it was like the one that was gonna do the big move that I had prepared. And and I and you know, and it was just kind of like I was like, oh fuck, like this is now zero hit points. Like I don't have this spell now at hand. And I try my best to stick to those things. So like once I've already started like you know
4: by the grace of tempest i'm a lucky son of a bitch (laughs) yeah yeah
2: yeah um you know because that like i don't know so i I stick to it um but i'm willing to make them high level i'm willing to make them really high level and I, i i saw from liquid r something related to that which is um you know i guess that's a reference to wrath of khan um uh have you ever considered doing a kobayashi maru um, like a zero chance of success um, a zero chance of success test kind of thing Um,
4: uh, yeah I've got an answer for that yeah which is there's I would say there's no such thing as an unwinnable scenario but I mean it differently than Captain Kirk means it <laughs> yes I mean it as we have a different space of what we would consider winnable scenarios right Mm -hmm. i have definitely i mean we just had one in mcm no spoilers where um defeating the person in front of you via combat is not an option right Right. that doesn't mean there aren't other scenarios that you could pursue that would be you know a win um but uh but we have definitely had scenarios where uh this is not a winnable combat scenario right Right. Mm -hmm. just winnable Mm -hmm. by other means i mean again Mm -hmm. winnable in quotes yeah
2: it's it's uh it's very frustrating i think for players if they think there's no way to survive win get something out of like you know if it's just like we're here to die um i think that becomes less sort of fun yeah. for your for your players well and it um, makes you
4: feel like your choices don't really matter
2: right? your cho- choices don't matter
4: always what you're trying to avoid with
2: this yeah thing. like like the whole idea i think of these kinds of games is that you know um you're making these narratives and you're doing it in like conjunction and cooperation with like your dm and your players and 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 like if someone already knows everything that's possible to happen then it's it's sort of it doesn't it i don't know it doesn't feel right i guess like I for me the, the I, way we play
4: the and the main thing we try to preserve i think both of us sort of have this in common is making sure that the players have meaningful choices
5: yeah that mm-hmm.
4: are going to either affect either you know the outcome of combat or the direction of the narrative yeah uh, mm-hmm. and as soon as you stop having those kinds of meaningful choices then a big element of the storytelling you know the unique storytelling that we have here gets taken out
2: well ehi's gate which is the puzzle episode where you were trying to get from the center of the world to back to um lake and like mm-hmm. that's one where i had just built a puzzle and there was you had to do the puzzle you couldn't walk away from the puzzle right mm-hmm. so that's about as far as to the like Railroad you know rail. Kobayashi Maru that I can like mm-hmm. think of going to, um, and then there was a, there was a way to get out though, but it was just it was. um but Oh, we had
4: to go through the
2: the. You had problem. to go through it. You had mm-hmm. to go through it. Yeah. Um, let's see.
4: Let's hit us with one more. We gotta, yeah, I've so we I have,
2: one? I have uh, fun, one. A, let's a fun. Let's do a fun. One. One. Okay, this and is then... from this is from Amon. This is from Akshay's oh, son. Yeah. Um, uh. So he ha- he says uh is there gonna be a second campaign? That's unanswered an yes, it's the goblin market for sure. Um uh are Ionis and Filnir going to multi-class?
0: Doesn't seem like so. it. We've talked about it a little bit in the so. bonus. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Amon listens to the bonus episodes. Um that was, you know, Filnir doesn't have stats to multi-class outside of anything that would also be a charisma class. Yeah. So yeah. I <laughs> think sorcerer or bard would really be the only options. I'm not sure. Bard makes a whole lot of sense. I've toyed with the idea of going sorcerer for the extra spell slots and meta magic, but I feel like it would take three levels to come online. And at this stage, it might be, you know, that might be something I do like when I hit 17 for 18, 19, 20, if I get there and it feels right. But I'm I'm very much a player that goes with like- Paladin. What makes sense? Yeah, but I don't have the strength. What makes sense like in the campaign based on the story that's happened, right? Like I know Tom's Min Min- but none of us are really min-maxing, I think, yeah. our characters in this. Because if I was, I'd be a hexblade with arm master and great weapon master, and I'd be making a halberd, and I would literally be doing them crunching the numbers on how like how to make the combat more efficient. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's less interesting because yeah. everybody can do that and everybody does that if they've played games with that character.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and with with the wizards, the the you, you don't you just don't want to miss out on spell progression. You know, you yeah. want to get to you want to get to ninth level as, as fast as possible. In well, my you opinion, don't. I've you don't want to. <laughs> I definitely want to be talking about. <laughs> no,
2: you don't. You don't want to miss out on spell progression.
3: I I think I think in general, like I think wizard is great. Um, if you if if you have the um the stats, then it's it's cool to multi class into fighter and some other things. But but it's hard to get the stats. And you know, wizard is is best with uh, artificer because they're both intelligence. And, um, and 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 if you have a high, high enough decks, you could probably do fighter and go a couple levels. But I think two that
2: levels, two levels of shepherd druid. You can talk to animals at will.
3: You got to have the wisdom at will. You got to have the wisdom though. Change. I don't shapes. have the wisdom.
2: All right. Well, look, I would. I don't have the
3: wisdom. But but
4: here's the thing. You you also have to consider the kind of person who chooses to play a wizard and what they want to get out of this. That's, <laughs> true. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah, that's true. what ultimately you want are those ultimate godlike reality-altering powers. That's what you yeah. that's why you play a wizard.
1: Yeah. You
0: want to change the world.
4: You don't yeah. play a wizard so you can swing a sword and wear medium armor.
3: Right. <laughs> well, you play I, it so I mean, you
4: can time stop.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah, yeah. And and it's it it it's it, especially with from the role play aspect, um, it's just hard to, it's hard to think of a wizard wanting to do anything else. Yeah, you know, you read you read the books, you, you study the magic, and and that becomes that not only becomes what you do, but it also becomes the thing that people come to you for. And so it's hard to you know role play wise, it's just hard to consider doing doing anything other than that so you know i i had i had never truly I, I there was one at one point i considered i think i think after abel died i considered uh artificer one level in artificer and i can get some cleric-like spells and i could yeah. get you know th- there were there were a number of spells that i could get uh right at level one but yeah. um but it's not, it's not it's not worth it's it not you not me it's, it's it, not i you. it's not i it's not i he, he's not you know so oh man uh i i what is it tom
2: i i'm still sort of regretting the uh one level of nature cleric when i probably should have gone two levels of druid for for uh for darbin i just just because i'm just thinking about it i'm like i'm like man i like i hate having to cast speak with animals like i know this is silly it's not too late
4: i know but i love love anytime tom frets over darbin's character progression (laughs) why oh why didn't i just take that extra level of druid
2: well i don't know i don't know i think he's a cool character i I mean he's one yeah one one of the most fun I've, i've played um all let's right. see here we got another question uh,
0: or should we make one we have a couple of announcements we got one yeah uh, let's one, do the announcements we got one fun kickstarter Oh, let's
4: do one plug. More. Uh, okay, okay. okay
1: well <laughs> so
0: <laughs> we'll save the kickstarter plug we can save that for the end uh and we have a special treat for all of you that can hang out to the end of this uh we are going to do a reveal of our artwork for season four since that will be coming up uh we're still figuring out exact release date uh probably it will be in december we'll put it that way for now um <laughs> And then, where'd it go? Shoot, hold on a second. Bear with me. Um, oh, yeah, we now have a an official dice partner. Um, we, we got approached, and we decided we liked the company. You may have seen their Elixir dice on Kickstarter with the Liquid Cores. Um, the company is currently Metallic Dice Games, but they're rebranding, starting probably Black Friday or December 1st, somewhere in there. Coming sometime (laughs) soon. It's going to be called Fan Roll Dice. Uh, We'll have a code for you guys to use. As listeners, you can get 10% off of dice purchases. Uh, There's also a free thing that they're going to include on the first 200 orders when they rebrand. So we'll make sure to announce that for you. It's a free uh, Mega Castle Dice. Don't have more information than that. But it'll be fanrolldice.com, and we'll have a code for you.
1: And we can use that code too right? in our show notes yeah yes and we can use that code too yeah we we're will. listeners too we are that's <laughs> our, that's our, and yeah. patrons
4: well and i don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves with this but the the topic has been broached about dungeon dad's branded dice merch
0: we yeah. can we can do it but we have to order like 300 of them up front
2: I know, and then yeah. our have shop to, right we now. have you to we have to do a co op style. You guys know
0: we have merchandise. We're all rocking it right now on the on the YouTubes. Yep. Uh, we we don't print that in advance. That is print on demand because none of us have time or a warehouse yeah. to stash hundreds of t shirts and stuff. So if it is something you <laughs> want and we know we could do it, we'll figure out how to do it as we have done yep. so far. But uh, yeah, you know, let's see what we can do in the meantime. So check them out as soon as you can. FanRollDice.com. dot com. Um, They got a lot of cool stuff and more stuff coming. And do we want to do another question?
2: Yeah. So we've got we haven't asked any from Angus Mason yet, have we? We did. Uh, Oh, we did. Did we get the? That's okay. um, Okay. um, We got some YouTube
0: chat comments too. We could go to.
2: Well, let's let's do that. But I. But I do have. This is this is interesting. This is related to the other systems. If you couldn't run a high fantasy setting, what other genre or universe would you pick for a campaign? I have a lot of answers to this but I want to hear what you guys have to say.
0: Sorry if you can hear my kids screaming in the background I, in the other room.
4: I am an absolute sucker for Shadowrun.
2: Shadowrun. Uh-huh.
4: Like I like the cyber, you know. I I can do like straight cyberpunk, but something about the sort of the fantasy cyberpunk mix is a is an interesting itch to scratch.
2: Hmm. Yeah, like I, I would love. Um, I've got a story banging around my head that is uh, a a western, and and it is um sort of post post Civil War, and a group of people who had organized for uh for the Union in the South and are now being hunted as they try to make their way to Texas. And I think this would be a fantastic um, uh, campaign and I don't have a good Western system for, for, for this. Um, But so like, that's, that's the genre, that's the genre and the story that I would love to do. (laughs)
4: It sounds, uh, sounds pretty heavy. I don't know if I'd have as many pun opportunities.
2: (laughs) Oh, it would be great. It would be, no, it'd it'd be very, very fun, very fun and very funny. But um sort of getting that like sort of like weird post-war like before reconstruction everything is all messed up but still having like vigilantes uh chasing you down i think it's exciting um anyway that's the the western would be for me Hmm.
0: i don't i don't know if i have an answer for this question just because i do like high fantasy
3: as much as i do um
2: Yeah. I mean, I love high fantasy too. Right.
3: Well, yeah. That's the reason I, that's the reason I played this game is right. to be in the, in the high fantasy world. Um, I, I would do, um, I would do like a, you know, if they, if, if they made this or if I took a crack at creating something like this, but I would do like a, a modern, uh, superhero type of campaign, you know, where you have all these high flying superheroes around and you're, you're trying to just kind of work your way in and, figure some things out um i'd probably play that. that that'd be that'd be chaos but it'd be a lot of fun i think <laughs> yeah
2: Liquidar says i need to play red dead redemption 2 um i own it and i bought it right when it came out and then my playstation 4 crashed and now i have a playstation 5 and i have never played it i've never loaded it on the, on on the system uh, so i will games
4: where you know this is going to be like 80 hours yeah it's hard really tough it's tough it's really
2: tough yeah i still want to like see my kids you know what I, mean? I mean you know what i mean like yeah. i still i still like my family yeah it's hard to it's hard to like it's hard, hard, to, make, it's hard to carve hard out to those hours yeah um okay yeah.
0: so Kay shah just asked a question in the chat uh and this is good i can think of one for the dm side of things um are there any books that you guys recommend that could be good for new D D players that could help understand world building and character development um I mean, from the DM side of things, Sly Flourish's books, you know, The Lazy Dungeon Master, Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master are great at sort of not giving yourself too much workload. Like we were alluding to earlier where Tom was talking about how he planned rooms in dungeons that we never got into uh, and just sort of how to optimize your planning to move things around and drop things in where it makes sense and not have everything be predefined. Uh, As a player... I don't know. I listened to a lot of uh Dungeons and Dragons podcasts to kind of get a sense of how the game worked and the character building. And I think it really comes down to who you play with and the DM sort of helping you shepherd your ideas and, and flushing them out and that kind of stuff and just getting into it. But I don't do you guys have a book that you recommend for that side of things?
2: I, I mean this is not to be a DM, but to think about how to build world and how to see like some familiar world and turn it into the fantasy. Um, I mean, I recommend this anytime anyone's asking me, but Jonathan strange and Mr. Norell is <laughs> by Susanna Clark is one of the best novels that is high fantasy um, that I've ever read. And, and it, it, it's written like a history book of, of um, uh, Napoleonic England. England. Uh, and it's, um and it's, and magic has disappeared from England for the last four or 500 years. And it has a long history of it. And it is just like, it's just coming back to life. It's a spark that's coming There's back.
4: Great adaptation of it that, I mean, you, you lose a lot of what makes the book really special. But if you are anxious about dipping your toe into like a, well, a 900 page book, uh, the, the mini series that they made for BBC was actually really good
2: too. It was good. It was good. But it's
4: it's literally just skimming the surface of what. Yes.
2: Yeah, that was one of those books that like, I just I was like, I was just devouring the footnotes, and I didn't want to get back to I like I was like, I'm my god, I'm on page six hundred. Like, what am I going to do with myself? This book is almost ending.
4: um, (laughs) I. Oh, along the same lines, this is not a how-to book, but uh, I really love uh, the fantasy books of Joe Abercrombie. Uh, I guess the first one you would start the Blade with Blade itself. Is the Blade itself, yeah, it's uh, great. And in a lot of ways, they read like D D campaigns sometimes, where it's you know it's a party of characters who has to you know go do X, Y, or Z. Uh, but he comes at it from such an interesting angle, and. Um, it's, it's just a really good example of, I think a lot of times with high fantasy stuff, it can all start to feel sort of samey, or you can fall into sort of the same tropes that everyone's familiar with. And this is one where you have somebody who is, you know, writing something that ostensibly has the structure of a lot of these, you know, same sort of tropey books, and does something very different with it. So just as sort of a good example of what can be done or, or, or how you can stretch out um i also think i mean if i had one piece of advice to give to a dm it would be think in structures not in plots yeah right mm-hmm. because if you have a particular plot in mind the characters are going to do something entirely opposite that derails the whole thing so you just have to think of in relationships and structures and certainly potential plot hooks but uh, I would say don't be married to a particular plot that you have in mind. Uh, One piece of advice for players is to be active. Uh, (laughs) You know, that it's really easy to fall into this reactive mode of I'm going to wait for the next DM thing, the DM says, and then I'm going to see how my character would react to whatever that thing is. Um, But you know, you can be proactive too and think about what your character wants and what they would really be doing in the situation that you're in. And you can pursue that and not just react necessarily what the DM is doing. And then, that, then you get that interplay back and forth with the DM that can really lead to some special stuff. Uh,
3: the
2: last one that I'll say, oh, sorry, sorry, John, you have one too.
3: I was, I was, I'm, I'll piggyback on Tim with the uh, lazy DM stuff that, you know, they're real easy to read and they break things down rather than reading the entire DM's guide. Uh, they, they break down a lot of the basics on how to play the game. Um, if you want to know more about characters interacting with each other and interacting with the world of D and D and, and how, how you can uh, kind of flesh out cool characters doing that. Uh, any book written by R.A. Salvatore is, is also awesome. All, all, all the Dritz the Warden books, uh, they, they you have this you have the story about this one character and he just kind of goes through and runs into all these it, it, these it, there's very creative ways that he runs into these iconic characters that come from D&D and then they get into battle and the battles are are written in the form of turns you know they are written in certain per- paragraphs that have dots that kind of separate them. And it's like, you know, this person is going in and they're fighting. And then all of a sudden the guy jumps up and attacks. And then it's the next paragraph. Now, Caddy Bree pulled out her bow and she shot, but she was thinking this. And then next paragraph. Then Wolfgar comes through with, the, you know, so it's, it's just a really yeah. interesting, you know, you have all this narrative. And then when they start fighting, time slows down just like it does in a D&D campaign. And yeah. it's just battle, 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 battle turn turn yeah. turn it's it's really interesting um so and that Ari was salvator
4: gateway drug right john
3: that was my gateway drug yeah, yeah yeah so and so when we started playing the game i knew a lot about the lore and about the world i didn't know how to play the game but i at least felt immersed in uh the the world of d yeah john Dwayne knew House. the spells a lot of yeah. mythology and the lore
2: and just yeah.
4: the sigils of the dwarven houses
2: <laughs> i mean the, the, this is gonna sound i don't know how nerblin or whatever or you were like yeah i got that it's, yeah this yeah he's like no snurf <laughs> snurf it's it's snurf
3: it's, it's neblin so yeah yeah i don't
2: know um <laughs> it, there's a book really short it's about theater um it's called uh three uses of the knife by david mamet and it is really excellent at um just reminding you over and over and over again, that every time people are talking to each other, every time action is happening, you have to know what the drama is. Like you have to know what the question that's trying to be answered is going to be. And it also kind of reminds you that like having two people who want different things, like in a scene is good. Having three people in a scene who all want different things is fucking magic. And, uh, and like, I I feel like some of the some of the books that are just very specific about D&D, they cover that stuff. But like if you're thinking like a playwright, then you really can create some really cool dramatic moments for your players, which I think is like what it's all about.
4: Yeah. I mean, clearly, this is something we could talk about for a very long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think I mean, I think you make a really good point there, which is. You can learn more from, you know, improv books and yeah. the worlds of acting and playwriting. You know, there's a lot of lessons there that apply just as well to playing d d whether it's for a show or not. Um, I think the biggest one that I took, and this is when we were starting the show, is that people confuse backstory for character.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm
4: that when you say, okay, what's this, you know, who is this character? A lot of people's natural inclination is to describe their backstory rather than, you know, what are they like when they meet a new person? Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. are they gregarious and talkative? Are they quiet and standoffish? Are they, you know, do they tend to overthink things? You know, things like that, um, that really impact a lot more how you're going to play that, than that your parents were murdered by the local warlord when you're five and you're seeking revenge. Yeah. Uh, that's a backstory, <laughs> but that's not necessarily a character. And that's something mm-hmm. I think a lot about. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When we were putting this together. Yeah. Uh, that's good.
2: Uh, you guys want to play?
4: Yeah, I think so. We well,
0: let's think it's time to play. We got, we got one now? more thing to talk about, which is uh, if you've heard, if you're on the bonus episodes of Patreon, Uh, You've heard me mention this before. I mentioned Sly Flourish. I mentioned uh, How Not to DM, which is a podcast where they talk to people about their DM experiences, mistakes they've made along the way. You can learn a lot from that. Actually, that might be a good resource um, as well for world building and a lot of uh, suggestions in there. Uh, Well, Derek from How Not to DM has paired up with a company called – of course – Darn it. Fireball Forge. There it is. So Derek paired up with <laughs> Fireball Forge, uh, made a Kickstarter, and they uh, essentially have created a one-shot uh, on Kickstarter. It's very inexpensive to get into, but what they've done that makes it a little different is they've combined it with the idea of like what The Hot Ones does. So basically you can improve your character's odds of success in-game with uh, additions of hot sauce and spicy food on your actual table. So, I'm going to roll gonna, that's gonna I'm going to roll this uh I'm going to roll this audio ad for it. You can hear it and then hang around afterwards for uh, a couple minutes and we'll show you the artwork. Um but I guess this will be us saying toodaloo for now.
2: Yeah. That's
0: right. Thank and you so much we'll for coming. We'll catch out. you on the next one. Thank you everybody for chiming in on the chat for joining, watching us live. We'll put this out for everybody else tomorrow. Toodaloo.
1: Yeah.
0: Toodaloo,
5: everybody. Toodaloo, everybody.
0: Toodaloo. Fireball
5: Forge and How Not to DM proudly present their very first Kickstarter, Too Hot, One Shot. Can you survive the spicy gauntlet and emerge victorious? If you love hot food, action, and adventure, you'll love Too Hot, One Shot. Eat spicier and spicier food in real life to give your character a better chance of success in the game. Guaranteed to create amazing videos to send to family and friends or share online. Spice up your next home game night with fun new rules and an original 5e adventure or snag the basic rules for any other TTRPG. There are also awesome tiers with VTT maps and tokens, your name in the thank you section, and even a custom t-shirt from Gemmed Firefly. Too Hot One Shot is currently fully funded and burning towards stretch goals now. Check out the episode notes for a link or search Too Hot One Shot on Kickstarter.
1: I'm